0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk
1: PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to uh, Wednesday. <laughs> it's like show number five for me today. Not today, but... And it's going to be show number six after this show and show number seven tomorrow before the show and eight the show and nine after the show and ten show on Friday morning. <laughs> Y'all don't care. 608-785-7914. 608-785-7914. I'm going to have Rebecca Rahm, the chair of the Save the Boundary Waters campaign, on with me in a couple of minutes. Big news coming out of the Biden White House in terms of the Boundary Waters being saved, maybe. I don't don't know. I'm going to get her take on this. Uh, Biden administration cancels leases for controversial copper nickel mine near the Boundary Waters. So essentially the Twin Metals mine... I know a little bit. The Twin Metals Mine, owned by some billionaire conglomerate in Chile. So we leased out, we were going to lease out that land uh, so they could strip it and take the copper and nickel. And it's called sulfide mining if you want to be an environmentalist. And uh, it's not very good to the environment. And usually those places that lease land, they don't have, this company in particular doesn't have a great track record. Uh, But if you talk to people that are pro-mining, they'll be like, no, they're going to do, you know, everything they can to be as safe as possible. And um, track record doesn't necessarily say that. And there's always accidents. But when there's an accident uh, near the boundary waters, that's kind of it because the boundary waters is so vast and you can't clean it up because once it's in there, there's so much uh, just, it's all just, it's just a giant, park, right? It's a giant natural uh untouched piece of land and water and um but I'll let I'll let Rebecca try to explain uh what happened today with that and you know it's that's great news I'm sure for her. I don't know if that ends their campaign. We'll see. That's the next step. Is does that end the campaign? Are we done and uh, do you move on? What's next? There is another mine in in Minnesota or two I think actually One's called PolyMet, which is going through the news right now. If you check wisdomnews.com, I can't remember. I think PolyMet is actually owned by a, a Minnesota company, but I can't remember exactly. And then there was another mine I just learned of, uh, and I don't know any information on that one. Sorry. <laughs> but I, I, uh, other news today, uh, what do we have? A Supreme Court judge. Is he stepping down? Is he retiring? Justice Breyer? going to retire so biden's going to get a supreme court nominee or will he not get to nominate this judge i mean joe manchin and Kristen Sinema say they don't want to we're going to change the filibuster rules to nominate a judge is that how that works <laughs> we might have to wait till thursday or till friday to figure this out unless um unless ken brings on the expert tomorrow we'll see ken cooper in the morning uh, otherwise, Joe is going to come on with me on Friday morning, and Anthony Trugoski on Friday afternoon to uh, kind of explain this. But my my take on if a Supreme Court justice is retiring, and we want to do the 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 game here, Mitch McConnell will come out and say we can't nominate a Supreme Court justice until the people speak we got to wait until after the election i don't know if i'm doing mcconnell burr, burr. i gotta here we go after the election we've got to wait till after i gotta shake my chin a little bit i think um but yeah he's gonna he's gonna say no we can't nominate a biden supreme court nominee or justice we can't confirm that person we've got to wait until the senate elections are finished it's an election year even though they what are they they it, it took him six weeks to uh, confirm Amy Coney, Coney Barrett. Right, Justice Ginsburg dies, and it's an election year, and six weeks away from Donald Trump losing the presidency. And uh, no, no, we don't need to. We don't need to wait there. We don't need. We, we don't need to wait for the people to speak there. We did for the guy right before that. Uh, we did for the uh, Merrick Garland. Right when Obama had eleven months to uh, get a Supreme Court nominee, and well. It's such a game. What a joke! <laughs> I I get why uh, everyone hates the government because that's, that's the whole game. Like, uh, eh, we're just gonna do, we're just gonna do the things that we want to do because there's no actual rules, even though we're the rule makers. But when it comes to making the rules, I imposed upon ourselves. We're just gonna leave those little loopholes so that we can skate through them. Uh, what's the what's the one with? Um, Nancy Pelosi now she's kind of flip-flopped on uh, legislature, the, the Congress being able to buy and sell stocks, right? There is a reddit page where they just they just buy and sell all the same stocks that Nancy Pelosi does. I just I was reading about this. The, <laughs> they just because uh, she has to make public all her her stock picks, I guess. I, I'm trying to bring someone on to, to kind of talk about some of this stuff too next week and and so they just they just go with what she goes with and imagine that they make tons of money <laughs> of course they do so it's always fun to pick on Nancy Pelosi for whatever reason i don't know why that is is it just cuz she's just kind of an old lady what is that is is it just is it cuz she's the leader of the house i don't know is it a man woman thing we can't have a woman i don't know i don't know what it is but man every republican that has any affiliation with nancy pelosi any just any kind of like the the Kevin Bacon what a nine degrees eleven degrees whatever that game is to uh, that the relates to Kevin Bacon, that's the one Nancy Pelosi. Uh, anything you can relate to Nancy Pelosi, use it to uh, get elected, stay elected, fight the <laughs> fight the the opposition. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talking text line. Uh, yeah, so. It should be interesting to, to get Becky Rom's take on the, what is it now? Twin Metals Mine. They call it the Twin Metals Mine to say, you know, they don't call it the Chilean Mine. <laughs> the Chilean. That would be weird because obviously we're not in Chile. It'd be, they, they should call it the Boundary Waters Mine. That, would, that wouldn't be a great name for it either, would it? But uh, we're going to get her take on just exactly what went down here. And I think it's good news for anyone that, that is an environmentalist, anyone that enjoys nature, anyone that is trying to visit or has visited the Boundary Waters, this threat up just of up, just upstream from the Boundary Waters of this giant mine, uh, might be might be off the table now. All right, I got to take a break. We're going to get Brad to do the news. Oh, and if you, I mean, you talked about this this morning, but um, Central High School, five thirty p.m. To 6:30, so hour long. The uh, 360 Real Estate Solutions is doing the their little public input session on the Kmart lot, right? So if you want to get over there, if anyone wants to report, reporting live from Kmart, you know, just just shoot me a text, give me a call, tell me what you see from the Kmart public input session at 5:30. Uh, I'm uh, I'm obviously here till you know, like 5:35. I'm back on the air. After our break, but I'm here till about 5.55 or so. It'd be a good time. 608 785 7914. Or shoot me a text on what you think we should throw in that Kmart lot. We did that this morning too. I got some terrible, terrible, uh, terrible ideas. Just terrible ones. <laughs> we can go over them later. All right. I think they were, I think people were kidding. Some of them, but others were serious. All right. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to the Lacrosse Talk PM 608. 7914 is the talking text line. So we're going to make it the text line for now because Rebecca Rahm is on with me. She's the national chair of the campaign to save the Boundary Waters. And her job's all over because the interior canceled the only two federal mineral leases uh, for the Twin Metals Mine. So you don't have a job anymore, Becca. Good thing, though, because there's a, a lot of job openings, I heard.
0: Well, uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I wish my job was over, but it's not over. Uh, (laughs) But today was a very good day for the Boundary Waters in Quetical Park and Voyagers National Park, because today the Department of Interior canceled the only two federal mineral leases in the Superior National Forest, two leases that had been unlawfully renewed by the last administration, and would have allowed copper nickel mines to have been built in the headwaters of the Boundary Waters.
1: Okay. So that's, that's,
0: that's today's big news.
1: Um, surprising news or not?
0: Uh, well, uh, it, it it was clear to many of us that the leases had been unlawfully renewed. They were... First canceled in 2016 after the two leases had expired and Antofagasta's Twin Metals had applied to renew them. Uh, in, in, but at the time, the Forest Service withheld its consent to the renewal of the leases because of its belief, based on science, that copper nickel mining in this place would permanently damage the boundary waters and that the damage could never be fixed or repaired or mitigated because it's this big, huge Lakeland wilderness. Uh, And those cancellations stuck until the Biden administration came up with a creative new interpretation of the prior leases um, and uh, reinstated these leases and then renewed them.
1: You mean the Trump Uh, administration? You said Biden?
0: Yes. I'm sorry, the Trump administration did that. I apologize. Uh, And it was always fishy to us. The leases had always been interpreted one way; they had always required this by statute consent of the Forest Service. Uh, and here you had the Forest Service saying no, and the Biden—excuse me—the Trump administration deciding that the Forest Service's statutory rights were irrelevant. I mean, you can't. Uh, reinterpret a contract and take away a statutory right of an agency and that's what the Trump administration tried to do.
1: Yeah but you can't so been, Becca you can if you rent out an apartment to the guy that owns the Annafagasta, the guy that owns the, the the mining company. If you're just you know hosting correct. <laughs> Yeah. We won't get so into the mo- we won't get into that.
0: Monkey, yeah, but there was monkey business. You're right. There was inappropriate behavior by twin metals parent company, Antofagasta to try to influence the process. And so uh, we've always felt that they were on shaky grounds. Uh, we have a new administration, uh, new Department of Interior, new uh, lawyers in the leadership of the solicitor's office in the Department of Interior. And the lawyers took a good, hard look at the leases, the history, uh, what laws and regulations require and determined rightfully that uh, the Trump administration was wrong and, Ill- and acted illegally to to restore these leases. Let's uh, – um, so-
1: Becca, could we rewind a little bit? I'm just – you know, I, I talked about this to begin the show, but you might be able to better explain it. Uh, Ana Fagasta, Chilean mine, billionaire owner – uh, they, they don't have a great track record of, of mining. They want to come up, they want to mine in Minnesota upstream of the boundary waters, which is a million acres of just pristine, untouched wilderness, right? Am I good so far? Yes. Okay, and the mining that they want to do, I, 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 now I'm getting polymet and twin metals mixed up, but the mining they want to do, A, it doesn't, it's, it's, terrible for the environment. There's always uh, environmental risks with uh, sulfide and, and crap just getting into the waterways. But also, there's not a whole lot of great stuff to mine out of, right? Can you explain that and then where the stuff that they sure. mine is going to go?
0: Sure. And so the, mo- the the mine proposal in the watershed of the Boundary so as you said, just upstream of the wilderness, and in fact, immediately adjacent to it, um, that's Anaphagastus Twin Metals Mine. And and Twin Metals was proposing to mine in sulfide-bearing ore. When you bring that ore up to the surface of the earth and expose it to air and water, what you get is acid mine drainage, which is a toxic brew of sulfide, sulfate, and heavy metals like arsenic, lead, mercury. All of those heavy metals are toxic to all forms of life. Our fish, when we eat the fish, humans, and so on and so forth. Now, these deposits are skinny. Less than 1% of the uh, ore content are metals that are being sought copper, nickel, platinum, palladium. So, 99% of the ore that would be brought up is waste. And that waste would, uh, some of it would have, half of it would have been sitting on the surface. Uh, less than a quarter mile away from Birch Lake, which flows immediately downstream into the wilderness. The other half would have been put uh, back in the underground mine, where it's still exposed to fractures and fissures. This type of waste generates pollutants for hundreds of years, requires basically perpetual treatment. Now, the mine company that Fagasta set up is a limited liability company. It's not going to be around for hundreds of years. At the end of the day, it'll have one asset, a polluted mine company, meaning it's going to be bankruptcy proof. Um, So this is a huge burden on the American people, one, because of the degradation of our beloved boundary waters, and two, that we would be stuck as the American people with forever costs of trying to manage and handle this huge amount of waste.
1: Well, and you say there was no, and you say American people, you that that's North American people because Canada would be stuck with this pollution too.
0: Exactly, and the Canadian government has opposed mining in the headwaters of the Boundary Waters. You know, the Quetico at a million acres is immediately downstream of the Boundary Waters, and Basswood Lake, which is. I don't know. I think it's like North America's greatest fishery. I think a lot of people will agree with me. It's half in the Quetico and half in the Boundary Waters, and it's right on the path of pollution. Um, So it would have been really devastating for Quetico Park like it would be devastating for the Boundary Waters. So you're right. Both areas would would have been damaged had Twin Metals Mine Plan been able to proceed.
1: Yeah, because I from what I have you know, and talking to you in the past and from what I've read, uh, if once, once the pollution gets into the boundary waters, you can't and I don't know how you you get pollution out of anywhere else, but whatever system you need to get pollution out, it's a million acres, it, once it gets in there, there's no there's no infrastructure to get it out.
0: Right. right. And yeah. 24% of the boundary waters is water. Right. And so it's all interconnected. And Rivers, lakes, streams, groundwater, you know, in every direction. So it would spread across the landscape,
1: the pollution would. And the best part of all of this is all the, everything that gets mined out and is useful, right? We're just sending to China?
0: So Anafagasta has contracts to have its copper, nickel, and platinum and palladium from its mines in South America to send all of it to China where it is processed at low-cost uh, re- refineries. Um, there are... There's no ability to process these metals in the United States. Um, and so they would be shipped overseas and sold on the world market. So for those who are worried about the transition to the green economy, which is important, it's it's also important to understand, one, that the amount of metals that Twin Metals would propose to mine is insignificant. It's a it's it it, these are very low grade deposits. Second, the metals that twin metals would mine are irrelevant to the green economy because, as you noted, the metals would be sent to China and sold on the world market. So we would be sacrificing the Boundary Waters and Quetico Park to send metals to China and dollars to Chile.
1: Well, what's in it for them? I mean, they, they're spending millions or billions of dollars to create this mine, and it doesn't. if they're only getting 1% of usefulness out of it, that must be a, a really costly 1%, or a, a valuable 1%, I should say.
0: We have long suspected that the only way a mine of these four, depo- four deposits, all low-grade, would be economically viable is if the mine was highly automated. Meaning very few humans would be working in this mine. It'd be machines. It'd be people sitting at computer terminals 200 miles away, which is how they do it elsewhere in the world. And the, and the tragedy of that, Rick, is that there are people in my community. I live in Ely, Minnesota, who believe that this mine would bring all these jobs, uh, to people who live in this area. Uh, you know, we haven't had a mine here since 1967, so I don't know who all these unemployed miners would be. But anyway, the belief has been this is going to be this great economic thing, and we, are, we can sacrifice the boundary waters, uh, our outdoor wreck jobs, the amenity-based economy because mining's going to bring us prosperity.
1: Right, and also... I don't think
0: it's true. That's well, true.
1: Yeah. And what is a mining job? I, I, You know, in my head, I'm thinking like the the olden days, the coal miners and, you know, the black lung, and I don't know if that's a mining job anymore. But I, I only got a couple minutes here left. But, okay, so the Interior canceled the two federal mineral leases. Your job is actually not over because the... Can you just give me real quick the next two steps?
0: Yes, Uh, The Forest Service has applied for a 20-year mining ban on all federal lands and minerals in the watershed of the Boundary Waters. That process has to play out. The Forest Service has to do an environmental assessment and make a recommendation to the Department of Interior. Secretary Holland will decide uh, whether or not to issue the 20-year ban. So there's a lot of work with that. More than 250,000 people have submitted comments to the BLM and the Forest Service asking for the withdrawal. And then second, because the Boundary Waters is not a 20-year wilderness, it's a permanent wilderness, we have to uh, use the environmental analysis from the mineral withdrawal as a springboard to get a bill through Congress. There is a bill pending in the House. We need to get it passed in 2022, and then we can go on canoe trips.
1: Okay, a permanent ban, essentially. So a 20-year ban, change that ban into a permanent ban. Correct. All right, so who do you, who do we got to pressure uh Who's our congressman that, that we're... Pre- I got Jim Hagenhorn. I got to pressure him?
0: You have to... Absolutely. He is not a co-sponsor of the bill. Every Everybody listening to your broadcast should contact their member of the U.S. House of Representatives and their U.S. Senators and ask them to support H.R. 2794. That is a bill that would permanently ban copper nickel mining in the watershed of the Boundary Waters and Quetico.
1: All right, last thing Rebecca before I let you go, um and just I you know, like I'm running out of time, but uh the visitation over, you know, whenever whenever we open up the boundary waters to visit. I'm sure you could do that in the winter. It might not be as fun, but um we're really are we really limiting that? Do you have any information on just uh, like how is it going to be a lot harder to visit the boundary waters coming up here?
0: Well, the boundary waters is the most visited area in the wilderness, and during the pandemic, uh it's just been Packed. Everybody wants to escape the pandemic and get into the boundary waters. Uh, permits well, were, were made available today for canoe trips for next summer, so I encourage everybody to apply for their permit. I did, I got my permit, uh, and I think it's going to be another good canoeing season.
1: Okay. All right. Rebecca Rahm, she's the national chair of the campaign to save the boundary waters. Oh, you know what? If we're, we got to contact our congressman um, because we're still and talk and tell them to. To support HR 2794, that's about it. Because uh, nothing about the 20-year ban—that we—is w- that part of HR 2794.
0: The 20-year ban comment period is over. It okay. ended last week on January 19th. Um, so it's too late, unfortunately, to submit those comments. Um, but certainly, contacting your member of Congress uh, it, it would be critically important. You can also contact. The, your member in the Minnesota House of Representatives and Senate, there are bills pending in those two houses that would ban mining permanently on state land in the watershed. Okay. So that would be a good task as well.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye.
1: All right. That's Rebecca Rahm, the campaign, uh, national chair of the campaign to save the Boundary Waters. Some good news today for that, anyone that loves the Boundary Waters and loves nature and well doesn't love electric cars i mean it's kind of a <laughs> kind of like the people that usually love those things also want electric cars so there's a little conundrum there uh, but it doesn't sound like there's all that much one percent of that stuff that's going to be pulled out of the ground would be useful and then it's getting sent to china anyway It'd be great if we could figure out, out that infrastructure right but also not a great place to do that but we'll be back <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk, PM. PM. There was a Lacrosse Talk AM earlier today with me. It was an interesting show. Talked to Aaron Morcom from Mayo about COVID a little bit, about everything else, a little bit not COVID. Funny how COVID happens, and then when COVID, before COVID, we didn't ever talk to you. Well, not ever. We t- we talked a little bit to the uh, healthcare people about some things, like get your flu shot—pretty basic stuff. But man, now we, they're just—I mean, on top of them being strung out from everything that happens in the hospital, it's like, hey, media, we need we need you guys to tell us what's up because we want to know what's happening. Uh, appreciate again, Rebecca Rahm, the national. What is she, the national chair of the campaign to save the Boundary Waters, lives up there in, what you call it? I almost say Ely. Is it Ely? E-L-Y. I'm not going to remember. But way up there, up north (laughs) in Minnesota, um, Interior canceled the, the Department of Interior today, I believe today, canceled the two federal mineral leases. And if you want to go read about how those mineral leases got re-upped, it's pretty interesting. Um, you might need a subscription to a newspaper website there. Kind of getting sick of that. Every time I want to read about something, you got to find tricky ways to get by the paywall when you want to read like legit news. And then if you want to go get all the, you know, the crazy national news, the the like, who the, everyone that snipes that stuff a little harder to get. If you want to get, you know, the Wall Street Journal, if you want to get their take, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the giant media, um, even the Milwaukee Journal has some stuff that that is is in the Star Tribune sometimes. There's a tricky way. If you get on the Star Tribune page, if you if you get to that and they want you to sign up for something, I think if you just hit refresh. You're good to go. I don't know how many times you could do it. I try to like, I try to really, okay, I only get so many clicks on, you know, Bloomberg or whatever. Uh, So I better, I better really be interested in this story. So I did that with the Milwaukee Journal today in terms of this story that I, I'm gonna, I hope to have Joe Heim on Friday. It's Joe Heim's birthday, by the way, the retired UW LaCrosse political science professor. We just call him a political scientist now. I tried to have him on today, but he's, he was headed out to his birthday party. So happy birthday, Mr. Heim. Or Dr. Heim, I should say. I'm sorry. Um, but there's a story today that um, an assembly rep, Timothy Ramthon, hope I said that right, from Campbell Sport, he introduced a resolution during a floor session on Tuesday to take what is an impossible step of just, you know, retracting the state's 10 electoral votes cast for president Joe Biden in 2021, that was introduced. It was introduced. Meanwhile, you know, state rep Jill Billings can't get her safe Harbor bill into a committee meeting. We can't even talk about that one. We don't even want to discuss it in the legislature because, you know, arresting, uh, you know children minors who are sex traffic arresting them we don't want to do anything about that in the state but let's uh let's try to uh get this resolution passed to to illegally take back the 10 electoral votes cast so when when uh, this morning i think he even said you know this electoral thing it's been a year uh you know was there open records requests that that didn't that didn't go through for a year? Or is this something that is, you know, more Republican versus Democrat. Let's go after this thing. Uh, because some of the documents came out recently, they were exposed, I suppose to the public, uh, that they were forged documents for electoral college votes. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert because I don't think this is, this is unprecedented. So, I mean, we're, we're still doing that word, right? Uh, we did that for four years. Let's continue it. Um but anyway, I think, uh, Greg, is this Greg? Yeah. Hey, Greg, you're on the air. Go ahead, man.
2: Well, I wanted to thank you for bringing your guest on there. I really agree with uh, that that decision to cancel that lease on the mining up there. But uh, it kind of exposes the dirty side of uh, green energy in that the, the materials they're looking at mining at are what's needed for, you know, making batteries for electric cars and a lot of the other uh, areas, uh, solar panels, and all these things. So, um, that's the the part about green energy nobody discusses is what what oh. dirt goes into creating
1: that. Oh, it's definitely discussed. I mean, I haven't brought anyone on to talk about the awful lithium slave mining that goes on, you know, in South America or uh, on the other side of the world. But yeah, the idea, the the way that we get lithium out of the ground. Uh, not great for the environment. Also, not great for a lot of the people that do it. But the the exactly. the difference here, though, Greg, is is that the if they want to, and I don't think it's lithium here; it's copper or nickel. So I don't know if nickel turns to lithium. I don't know if there's a relation there. But it's copper nickel mining, uh, or sulfide mining, if you want to call it that. the 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 situation here, though, is a only one percent of what they pull out of the ground is going to be useful, and b the uh, the mine is just upstream of the Boundary Water. So, I mean, some of these other mines might not just be next to the world's most pristine million acres of wilderness, you know. So the, the, there's a little bit of a different...
2: Yeah, but it's, it's because these items are so valuable is why they're willing to spend all that money to take out so little.
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Thanks for the call, Greg. Um, yeah, he's he's totally right. There is a conundrum there, but the conundrum is a little different here in Minnesota because uh, it, it, we're next to fresh water and uh, the most pristine wilderness in, in, I think maybe the maybe the U.S., maybe this side of the, the maybe North America. I, I want to say like the Amazon forest is probably pretty pristine. So I'm not going to, I don't know how far I can go, but it's untouched, right? It's untouched in Canada. There's probably another million acres in Canada, but there's a million acres here in the uh you know in minnesota um and once you get pollution in there you can't get it out because there's no infrastructure it's just all wilderness so um yeah there's just a little bit different of conundrum but yeah you're definitely right the the idea that we want to we want electric stuff electric cars batteries uh you know stuff like that the way we get that out of the ground is we're not doing it right we're not doing it right we're not doing it. We're trying not to do it here. The other conundrum too, with the boundary waters is this is a Chilean billionaire that owns this, this, you know, mining group in Chile. So, okay. So foreign thing coming into Minnesota, coming into the United States, it's going to pull this crap out of the ground, right? 99% of it's going to lay waste. They're just going to leave it, whatever. I mean, they're going to leave and be like, bleep it. I don't care. And then the one percent goes and gets shipped to China, and then we probably buy it back at you know five hundred percent over cost, right, or something like that. I'm just throwing numbers at you, but you understand. It's not like a, a Minnesota company is is going to mine it and then use that to make whatever copper, nickel, whatever you want to use that that stuff for for American made products. But it can't happen anyway because it's next to the boundary waters, and that's the whole dilemma here. So if the mine was you know somewhere not next to fresh water i think we need to protect fresh water first and then after that think about um how to do how to how to mine this stuff out of the ground humanely you know using labor that's not slave labor and then environmentally safe too so there's a couple different ways to do that and i'm sure i don't think i don't know if uh, the united states has any infrastructure um in terms of mining companies that that would do that i don't know if there are any it sounds like there might be one, and uh, it, just, it just popped up in the news in, over the last week. So there might be one in Minnesota that's coming up, and they might be doing a mine somewhere in Minnesota. I, I just haven't read enough about it. There's also a PolyMet mine coming. They're trying to do a poly, what's called the PolyMet mine, and that's in the Lake Superior watershed. So again, we have this conundrum of uh, you know, a mining giant trying to mine right in our fresh water. It's not great. It's not great. Number three is calling in. Number three, go ahead. You're on the air.
2: You know, how were you this morning?
1: I was I was all right this morning, I think.
2: Oh, yeah. You were okay. Yeah. You were all right. See, I got a question. <clears throat> I like to speak to somebody intelligent once in a while. Uh, I know you've been to the university. I was out for a ride with my bride the other day between uh, Cashton and Westby, and I went by these solar panels, you know? Yeah, okay. And there's about two inches of snow on them. Do they still work when there's snow on them?
1: Um, probably not. I don't know. A snow. I, I was
2: just wondering.
1: I've seen that before too. I've seen the. Uh, God, I had a, I had a good. I remember reading about you know, when that happens, but I can't uh-huh. remember, I can't remember what it was. Cause it was like, Oh, two.
2: I went by the two windmills. They were working up there, you know? Yeah, for sure. Then I went and seen all those solar panels and I thought, well, by golly, I'll call Rick Solom. He'll probably know the answer. or we'll be able to find it out. Otherwise maybe you and I could go up there tomorrow and, uh, with a snowblower or something and take care of them. Huh? We'll
1: probably just need one of those, you know, like I, when you get the snow off your roof, one of those giant brooms, right?
2: Okay, I got one of those real
1: freaks. All right, I got. I'll get in the truck. We'll we'll meet down there. Give him a call. Maybe shoot them an email. We're gonna come down and take the snow off the solar panels.
2: Okay, what time do you want to start?
1: Uh, right away, sun up. It's supposed to be nice out tomorrow, right? Well,
2: you Will you get done at nine o'clock on your show? Don't. Well, you? I
1: don't. Have, I'm not in tomorrow, Friday. I'm doing that. So.
2: Oh, okay. Well, we'll see you tomorrow then.
1: Okay, sounds good. 10-4. four. All right, bye. Um, and I'm gonna get Mark in here before I take a break here. I think this is Mark. Mark. Hello. Yeah, how you doing, Rick? Hey,
3: Mark. Rick. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on one of your recent news stories about these people complaining that they're getting picked on for not shoveling their walks.
1: Oh, yeah is that up on our is that up on our Oh, did you hear it or did you read it?
3: Yeah. Well, I heard it and read it, and the only thing that I can come up with is, how about if they shovel their walks in a timely manner, and then they won't have any problem.
1: Yeah, you get twenty four hours to shovel your walks. So, I, I mean, right. I I actually think that they should be charged double if they're a
3: repeat offender. I mean, it's ridiculous. There's no excuse for it. And it's not that hard to find a neighbor kid or hire a professional if you have to. But if you can't afford it, or if you can't take care of your walks, maybe you shouldn't be living in the house that you're at. Yeah, definitely. It's It's absolutely ridiculous. If you drive around, the inspector, he's kind of slipping because there's a lot of them that don't do it. Yeah, for and sure. And it's really sad that people can't take care of something as simple as getting out there and doing a little exercise.
1: Yeah, definitely. I hear you, man. Thanks for the call. All right. I will do. A, I could do a whole show on shoveling if we want. I just don't have time today. Would love to. Uh, <laughs> it's on my note. It's on my like my list of things to talk about. I just haven't gotten there. Uh, Two fifty a linear foot and seventy five dollar administration fee. And then maybe a ticket between seventy-five and a hundred dollars is all the cost if you don't shovel your walk twenty-four hours after a snowfall. But Mayor Reynolds, Mayor Mitch Reynolds, said that ticket probably doesn't—you—they're you usually not getting the ticket at the end there. All right, we got to take a break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. He's got a minute, minute and a half here. Uh, William, do you got a do you got a minute? Sure. Okay, I got a minute and a half. Um, can you explain the electoral college assembly rep rantham thing in one minute? What happened here? <laughs> uh, i mean, I'm not sure it's, I can it. No, sorry. I can't hear you. Never mind. It, it's not gonna work. We tried to do it. We're gonna we're gonna do a podcast here in a minute. We uh we're rolling out podcasts on the Democratic Voice podcast of uh of state reps. And um Deb McGrath, we're doing tonight, and we have uh, we had Alex Lazary, That's at the uh, that's on the Democratic Voice podcast. If you want to check it out, and Jillian Bettino, she's another Senate candidate. We and she's a breast cancer radiologist. She works out of Marshfield Medical Clinic there. That one's going to get released, I believe, in the next 24 hours, as long as I have time. Doing double duty this week, so I often am am just strung out on doing uh, all all these podcasts. And then we're, we're rolling out Senator Brad Path tomorrow. We're not rolling it out. We're doing a podcast with him tomorrow. And on Monday, we're going to release a podcast on local elections, right? Yep. Just thumbs up. Okay, local election podcast on the Democratic Voice on Monday. So um, a, lot of, a lot of content coming up on the Democratic Voice podcast. And then I'm going to just try to, to snag all those candidates as we go along here on LaCrosse Talk PM as well. Uh, I really liked our, our talk with Lazary and Jillian Bettino. We'll see what Deb McGrath. I've been trying to lock her down. Uh, she's also running for Ron Kine's seat here in the 3rd Congressional District. She has an interesting story, so I'm really excited to talk to her. Um, I'm having State Rep. Steve Doyle on tomorrow to kind of explain to me all the things that the state legislature has done over the past week, week and a half. We haven't passed the Colby Cheese legislation yet, I don't think. Still working on that. And maybe Steve can explain to the whole electoral college fiasco that happened in the assembly on Tuesday. All right. Thanks everybody for listening.